Alright. Ready? Yep. <laughs> and in three. Hold on, nope. Okay, ready. <laughs> Of the Team Rap podcast, where we do our three favorite things talk a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Ian the Tall Guy back with you again for another episode. And it is Christmas season for basketball fans. It really is. Teams are getting presents. Oh, yeah. Teams are giving presents. <laughs> and some teams may just be Scrooges. <laughs> yes, we are officially in the free agency period, which is super fun because this is where your team is finally getting built for next season. This is what, what your team is going to look like. And now you can project and guess and think who's going to be good. Who's going to be great. Who's going to suck. Now it all starts now for every basketball fan that has an inner GM inside of them. This is the oh, best yes. time in the world because everyone's just trying to figure out how to piece together the funnest, the best, the most uh, impactful team out there. And players are making moves. Teams are making moves. Deals are being signed. A lot is happening. We will uh, break it down a little bit for you. We are doing a, uh, a winners and losers, or a, 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 keeping with the theme, a Santa Clauses and the Scrooges <laughs> so far. The Christmas this, in and, July theme. The Christmas in July theme of the uh, of the uh, NBA playoff, or NBA free agency. So we'll go through some winners. We'll go through some losers so far, some Santas and Scrooges, and uh, we'll have some fun going through that. Yes, and before we do, we're going to talk about our whiskey. It is about noon o'clock over here on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday, and we are drinking straight whiskey right now. It is the Still Austin Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It has a little musician on it, so it's called The Musician. I don't know if that's like a certain special bottle or not. But the special thing about Still Austin is basically every all of the grain that they use is made 100% in Texas. They want to be like very, very local, like uh, loyal to their local brands and everything. And, uh, they do, they do everything by hand and they call it grain to glass. It's like their special thing. Everything they do is all handmade. They don't like use like the major, uh, big like utensils and tractor. Like they machinery. use machinery, machinery, <laughs> <laughs> that stuff They everything they do is like by hand from grain to glass. And that is like their special thing about them. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, I've had it a couple of times before and I, I never had, he's had a about bottle. a bottle of it, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had it a couple of times before I I've been out at bars and I've asked, you know, the bartender like, Hey, what, what do you recommend? And multiple times this has been recommended to me. It is a solid whiskey. It is really good. We'll break down the taste a little bit later, but it is super cool to have something that is not only local, but something that is like put that much effort to make mm -hmm. handmade. Like yeah. Some, making whiskey is hard enough. Making it handmade sounds like a pain in the ass. It really does sound like a pain in the ass, but thank you very much still Austin for putting in all that work so I can get drunk. Yeah. You can, you can definitely taste it in the product <laughs> and we'll break down the taste in a little bit here. Um, let's, let's break into, uh, this free agency, Santa's and Scrooge's. Um, let's, let's start with a Santa. Let's start, let's, let's start, start happy. We'll start happy. And we're going to go with a team here. Okay. We're going to break down, uh, uh, my first Santa of the, uh, of the, of the video of the podcast. And that would be the Miami heat. Oh, wheeling and dealing. Yeah. They've been good this year. Yeah, we they've are. They, are, they have been wheeling and dealing this off season. They have been making all sorts of moves. We are recording this at about 
1.30 on Wednesday. So you guys will be seeing this later today, this afternoon, this evening. Um, my, uh, they just re-signed Victor Oladipo yep. to an undisclosed deal at this point. We don't, we're not sure how much money he got, but they- It could be a yeah, minimum. He definitely uh, signed back. They brought in guys like Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. They brought in guys like PJ Tucker. Marquise Morris. Marquise Morris. They've re-signed Duncan Robinson and they re-signed- um, Jimmy buckets, um, just yep. so a lot, a, a lot of activity down in Miami, which is we've come to see, we've come to like know and love during the off season. Miami is also always super active. Players want to play in Miami, so they always are a hub for free agents. And not only did they re-sign and keep a lot of their guys, their only notable departure would be Kendrick Nunn, who was having Goron and Goron. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn was the guy I think they were looking to build around two years ago. Yeah, and then kind of. He had a bad year, so losing Goron, losing Kendrick Nunn, but bringing in guys like Kyle Lowry um, and P.J. Tucker and Markeith Morris, his team is primed to be grit, grindy, uh, punch-you-in-the-mouth type of team, and that is exactly the way Eric Spolstra likes to coach and exactly how this team is going to play next year. Yeah, for sure, and that's kind of the identity that Pat Riley really loves to have too. Pat Riley, obviously the wheel wheeler and dealer over there in Miami, and they got a lot of good stuff. By adding Kyle Lowry, you get a guy that fits your team like feel, like your team, like they are the intense defense, uh in your fucking face, like going to punch you in the mouth, just like you said, team. And now they have only doubled down on that by adding a guy like Kyle Lowry, by adding a PJ Tucker, who is who they needed a power forward. That was like one of the spots that they're looking for. Then they also got a Markeith Morris and then re-signing your Duncan Robinson. So you still can space the floor out because Butler's not a very good floor spacer. Bam's not going to be a very good floor spacer. Uh, Lowry is a good shooter, but not the greatest shooter in the world. So re-signing him was obviously really important. All of the moves that they're doing I think are really, really big. I would be kind of surprised that they are anything lower than like a four seed at this point. Yeah. And, and I mean, you have a starting five of, uh, and this is just thoughting, thinking off the top of my head, but it's Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo. And then yeah. you have a bench of Tyler Harrow and you have Oladipo coming off the bench. Yeah. That's a really good backcourt to come off the bench. You have Markeith Morris, who's a, a wing slash big that could come off the bench. Like you have a lot of pieces in their in their my in there in Miami and they are going to be making some noise in the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah. No, good on them. They uh it was must be nice getting Kyle Lowry on relatively cheap, right? I mean, you only had to give up Goron and then was Precious a part of that deal? Precious and then a pick. Again, we've said this before. When it when deals like this happen, they happen so quick, the picks are just kind of figured out later. So it's either a heavily protected first round pick or a second round pick. I don't think it's been completely uh, disclosed yet, but Lowry for Goron and Precious Achua, one of their young, you know, up and coming players, but this is a win now move. This is a win. now Absolutely. And the only thing that I'm a little bit worried about if I'm the heat is you've invested a lot of money and a lot of years into some older dudes like you put five, you gave five years to Jimmy, who's already pretty old. You gave, I'm pretty sure it was three years to three year Kyle, year. who's already pretty old. And I don't think that they're losing their prime, you know, anytime soon. That being said, you know, you've given a lot of money and a lot of years to guys that are, you know, on the back nine of their career. Yeah. This is a team that 
is a win a championship or bust type of team. Um, they're, they're not holding anything back. If not this year or next year, they're going to you know have to retool and rebuild because a lot of their players are aging. Let's switch gears here and go to our first Scrooge of the night. Uh, because you know, it's Christmas in August, <laughs> I guess it's August now, Christmas in August. Uh, Mitch, who do you, who do you have as your first Scrooge? Our first Scrooge. Hold on. We got a list of them. I'm going to choose, a, I'm going to choose a good one. Um, I'm going to go with Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is my first Scrooge. This man was offered a four year, $80 million contract from the Lakers earlier this year as like a contract extension. He bet on himself and he said no. And he was responded with everyone in the league pretty much choosing every other point guard before they chose him. Yeah, he is probably the best point guard left mm-hmm. on the market, but there's just not a lot of cap space left to be going around. Like no, he's, everyone's picked their guys already. He's basically going to be getting a mid level exception for those who don't know. That's basically around 10, around $10 million a year. So he, the best, the best he can do is probably a three year, $10 million uh, a year deal. So a three year, $30 million deal or, but that means that's coming after turning down a four year, $80 million extension. So yeah, mm-hmm. he bet on himself. He had a, a good year, but struggled heavily in the playoffs. Um, it's still a good player, still a young player. It's still someone that can help a team, but man, he, he's going to be kicking himself for that. There was rumors earlier in this postseason that he was looking for five years, 125 million. Wow. So to go from, Oh, I might make 125 million to like, Oh, I might make 30 million is a, that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, that sucks (laughs) for for us. Joe Smo's sitting here, you know, I mean, I'll take, I'll I'll take 30 million when you, when you're cutting what you potentially could make by a fourth, like if everyone puts that in their mindset, you know, you're taking a three fourths pay cut this year. That sucks. Yeah. No matter how much money you're making, that sucks. That is a very, very big hit on, uh, on old Dennis Schroeder. We'll see where he ends up. My, my gut, or at least what I would do is I would take the mid-level for one year somewhere and try to go back into free agency next off season, play well. You're still a young guy. You can still show that you've like, you got potential or not even potential. Like you are a good player that can contribute, but go and make more money after this year, but probably play for like a bad team and just make the mid level this year. Yeah. You got to go somewhere, put up some good stats and try to, uh, try to reassert yourself as a, a uh, contributing point guard that, that it deserves the top dollar that he wants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let's double down here on some Scrooges. Let's follow up with another uh, Scrooge. I'm going to go with a team here and we're going to talk about the new Orleans Pelicans because Ooh, the Pellies. what the hell are they doing? <laughs> so they have successfully gotten rid of several good basketball players, even like good basketball players on tough contracts. So we, we, at the beginning of free agency, we were like, Oh, that, you know, they moved on from, you know, contributing guys, but like they're trying to save money. And then they let Lonzo walk for nothing and they've done nothing with the money they've saved. No, they, uh, they pretty much, they did the trade earlier in the uh, off season where they traded Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. And then they also gave up a future first and they went farther down in the draft where they went from 10 to 17 and then they went from like 41 to 50 and then gave up another and gave up another future first and then pretty much just got Jonas Valanciunas who's good good basketball player good player solid guy going to be a free agent but good player going to be a free agent next year so you're going to have to pay him next year uh and then they go on and they lose Lonzo Ball and pretty much get Sadoransky and like a second round pick and for those who don't know Thomas Sadoransky good basketball player but nothing more than a 
backup or third string point guard. Yeah, you don't want him to be your starter. You don't want the like if he that's what he was with the Bulls there for a, a hot second and solid. It did not go well. Yeah, he's a it solid player, but it's just like you do not want him to be the starting point guard on your basketball team if you think that you're going to make the playoffs. And especially when you're in the situation that like you're trying to please Zion already. We're in a weird state in the NBA where players, even if they're locked up, can ask out. They can get out anytime they want. And Zion is in this situation where he was drafted by a team he may not have wanted to go to. You know, back in the day, the Knicks were the number one chance to get that first pick, ended up being the Pelicans. And he, I don't know if he ever wanted to be there in the first place. And the Pelicans need to impress him. They need to try to do everything they can to keep him. And it doesn't feel like they're making the kinds of moves that you that he wants. No, I, I would agree. Like if, if I'm a Pelicans fan, I am worried sick about Zion demanding a, a trade or not resigning or whatever, because what 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 is he what if what has the team done to make him want to stay? You paid Brandon Ingram, you got Valanchunas, that's a good young core, but what uh, what are you doing? Because nowadays in the NBA, if you're not competing for a championship, your players are going to leave you. Yeah, that's just how it works. If you're not competing and, you know, making a deep playoff run, your stars are going to want to team up with other stars where they can do that. It's the year of the super team. It's the era of super teams. And so you need to be building super teams in order to compete. Otherwise, you're just going to be cast away to the wayside. and You're just going to be sitting there with just a bunch of scrubs. And that's kind of where the Pelicans are heading because they just cannot seem to do anything with with the cap space they just got. Yeah, no, the Pelicans are in a very tough spot right now because like we're saying, you're trying to impress Zion. You haven't used your cap space well. You've had some decent players, but you've already shipped them out. You go out and they drafted uh, Trey Murphy with the 17th pick, who's a solid guy out of Virginia, but you had some really high upside guys that went behind him with like Jalen Johnson, Trey Mann, Keon Johnson. Kai Jones. Kai Jones. And so it makes you wonder what, what are they working towards? What is the goal of the Pelicans front office right now? Because if you're David Griffin, you've got to be sweating bullets that Zion is going to be asking for a trade any one of these days. Yeah. You've got to come up with some sort of direction and some sort of like identity for this franchise. Cause right now they don't really have one. Um, let's, let's talk about one more um, Santa here. Let's talk about one more positive All right. case. And let's, and what we, we talked about Schroeder and his contract woes. Let's talk about some guys who got paid Hey, hey. because this is the year of a lot of big contract extensions and a lot of players getting some really, really heavy deals. I think the two that are frontlining it right now would be Trey Young and Shea Gilders-Alexander yes. getting the rookie uh, max extensions, both of them, you know, 170 plus with uh, incentives to get over $200 million. Million. Million dollars. <laughs> both crazy. Steph Curry becoming the first a player in NBA history to sign multiple $200 million deals with his uh, extension of $215 million. Chris Paul signing uh, a relatively new type of deal. Um, mm-hmm. It's a new deal to where his deal um, is a three, four year, $120 million deal where um, that dude's going to play until he dies. Not only that, but it, back in a few years ago, when you were reached the age of 35 plus, you were not longer allowed to sign a deal for more than like two or three years. Yeah. And so his four year 120 fully guaranteed is, you know, the first of its kind for a player that old. It helps that he's the, uh, 
you know, represents the players. And, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that had nothing to do with it <laughs> when he was wink, fighting, wink, nudge, nudge stuff going when he on was fighting, but uh, fighting for it. But yes, so he, he got a big extension. So yeah, a lot of players getting big, big money this offseason. Conley got paid again as another old yeah, guy, three years, 75 yeah, as another old guy that got paid. Uh, and then also John Collins got that five year, one twenty five just like an hour ago. It is a good time to be getting contract extensions. We are in the general time frame of that. What was it? The 2018 draft with Luca and all yeah, them boys. Luke, yeah. Luca, Trey, uh, all those guys came in the 2018 draft. So it's going to be this year, Aiden. this year, if you're positive about your guy, but more likely next year when you're getting all the big ass contract extensions, cause there's a lot of superstar and all-star type talent that is going to be getting stuff like this. I mean, Shea getting the max is huge. Trey, I think it was kind of an assumed getting the max. I think Luca is an assumed getting the max. He just has to fly home from the Olympics and sign it. You a little nervous about that one at all? We'll get into that later. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, it is a it is a good time of the year for anybody that is signing those contract extensions because they were making big time cash right now. Yeah, those guys cashing in. It's it, it was an interesting off season to where like yes, players change teams. But a lot stayed. Everyone kind of stood pat because I think last year was such a crazy year with the injuries, with COVID, all that. All the players are like, you know, we weren't bad. We weren't terrible. Let's mm -hmm. let's all let's run it back. And so that led to a lot of guys getting big, big extensions. Yeah. So uh, that is definitely a, a big treat under the tree for all of our contract extension guys because this yeah. has been a really big season. I saw some stat that was like, Point guards so far in total this offseason have been paid over like a trillion dollars. Dear God. Yeah. That's a lot of money. So all you youngins out there, go play point guard. Learn how to dribble, man. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> dribble and shoot. Completely unbasketball related question. You get a contract for five years, 170. What is the first thing you're purchasing? Ooh, the first thing I'm purchasing? Uh I'm probably I'm I'm buying a house. I'm buying a house. house. I'm buying a house. I'm buying, I'm going out. I'm buying like a $10 million house. Oh, that's bad. I'm buying an Island. <laughs> I can put a house on my Island, but I'm buying an Island. Buy an Island. Learn how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to buy an Island. An Island's an Island. Maybe a yacht. Ooh. Maybe I'll buy a I'll yacht. I'll buy a yacht with my Island. I have, a, I have money. We're fine. <laughs> I'll be broke in three years, but that's fine. Yeah. But you can sell it all back. Yeah. It, it, Land goes up in value. So yeah. islands go up in value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's take a break here. Let's revisit this still Austin. Let's talk taste a little bit. Um, it is it is a really good one. It's smooth, but it's got a lot of uh, fruit accents to it. Oh, yeah. You can definitely tell that it's like it's like a 100% grain Nashville, which you definitely can tell. But they've made it so, so smooth, like with or without ice. This is like one of those where it doesn't have a whole lot of burn on any part of it. It just goes down really smooth. You're right. There is a lot of like fruity accents. I'm still trying to figure out what I think the fruity stuff is. Do you have a guess? Fruit. Fruit? Fruit is Fruit. my guess. <laughs> but yes, it is very, very smooth. It's got a lot of flavor. You can tell it's just a well-made well whiskey. Yeah. Like it's something that you can just taste like that it's just super well-made and super like well done. Oh, yeah. I got like – I also get like a lot of like – flower aromas like or uh it almost tastes like or smells a little bit like a lavender inside of there i don't yeah. know if you get that but <laughs> it is definitely uh very good i love the story behind it how they only use their products made out of texas they make everything 
handmade from grain to glass. Uh, these people are working their ass off to make good whiskey. And there's a reason why when you go places, this is one of the ones that is being recommended right now. It's because I remember for a long time when TX whiskey was starting to come out and everyone's like, you go and you ask for what's the good local whiskey. A lot of people are like, oh, it's TX. Well, that's gotten a little mainstream now. And whenever I go in, I've gotten Still Austin as a recommendation a few times as well. Yeah, it's definitely one. And it's new. It was founded Mm -hmm. in 2015. So it's still like a new up and coming whiskey. And it has taken like the whiskey in the Texas area by storm. Yeah, it is. Now that it's kind of it's it's kind of found its sea legs. It's kind of gotten itself going. It is like super, super popular. And it's super it's like growing really quickly. Like it's becoming a very, very popular like common shelf whiskey and and for the price it's not that bad it's super 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 well done super good whiskey and something that anyone in texas should try and if you're not from texas i don't know if they ship but you can call and ask (laughs) (laughs) but yes thank you still austin for being with us for those of you watching on youtube this is what the bottle looks like go and get you some yeah definitely definitely get get you some it's a good one um let's jump back into our santas and scrooges um so far this year we have got two uh santas and two scrooges left makes do you wanna, sense do you want to start with a santa or a scrooge santa all right let's go let's go santa back feeling to back happy santa, i just had santa some whiskey santa. i'm feeling a good let's mood. let's talk about um another a uh, uh, player here who who just found himself in a really good situation um russell westbrook going to you know a, a big three a guy who's had a hall of fame squad as his teammates throughout his career. He's played with so many good players. You go from, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Carmelo, Anthony, Bradley Beal, Chris Paul. Uh, Oh no, he hasn't played with Chris. No, Paul. he was traded for Chris oh, yeah. Paul. Uh, but then now LeBron and AD, he's played with so many good players. Victor Oladipo, another good one. Like, yeah. So many good DeMontis players. Demontis Sabonis. Demontis early. Sabonis. Yeah. Like I wonder, I, I, and I'd have to do some math here, but I wonder how many all-star appearances his teammates has had over the course of his career. Probably a lot. A lot. Probably a lot. Um, yeah, Russell Westbrook, he uh, he has found himself in a very good situation. He was putting a lot of prayers up there. Not that he didn't love being in Washington. I'm sure that that was a good time and everything, but he was putting a lot of prayers up there, and they were answered. He was sent over to the Los Angeles Lakers. He gets to play with LeBron. He gets to play with Anthony. He gets to – they put a whole really solid squad around those guys with all the pieces they put together, a lot of good vets. And he's just got to be happy that he is going, he's going to be in a winning situation. It's a lot more pressure, but he's been in pressure situations pretty much every single year of his career outside of this wizards year. And outside of that first year when Kevin Durant left, Yeah, in my opinion, he he's been a playoff contender, but he's never, other than that one year they made the finals, he's never been like, okay, this guy is like, a favorite to, you know, he should be in the, you know, championship game. Yeah. I mean, these, this Lakers team is stacked. Um, the a super big, big three, a lot of pressure, but I mean, it, the fit is going to be weird, but like it, it's, if you're Russell Westbrook, you have to go home, mm-hmm. you know, go back to California and you get to play for this Lakers team. That is just a plethora of talent around you. And you get to, you know, play point guard and be like the show for the first three and a half quarters. Yeah. And then LeBron will take over and then LeBron will do his thing. But basically the way I think the Lakers are going to run, they're going to let Russ do his thing. LeBron rest, Anthony Davis, do your thing for the first three and a half quarters. And then LeBron go be the best player in the world for the last, you know, six, seven minutes of the game. Yeah. And let's LeBron definitely coast for a lot of like these, like mid, like 
middle of the season games where he doesn't really want to be there. But Russ is like that, like 110% energizer bunny that is like going to give us all every single time. And so I'm sure there's going to be nights where LeBron's just like, okay, Russ, just go get you your 30, 20 and 10 game. And we'll see if we win. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're Russ, it's a perfect situation to where like you can go nuts for the first three quarters and then you can like, there's no pressure on you at the end. Yes. There's pressure to win games, but like, LeBron's going to take those last shots. Yeah. You know, Anthony Davis is going to take those last shots before you do. So like you just, everything you're going to do is bonus for them. Yeah. So I will say that, that like being a part of the Lakers is obviously a big blessing for him. That he's going to be competitive. But I think that what hits closer for him is he has been wanting to go home to LA for a long time. It's an LA kid. He went to UCLA. Um, There was a story that came out. And whether this is true or not, don't know. But the story was when Kawhi was a free agent last time, Russell Westbrook heard that he was trying to put together a team with the Clippers. He reached out to Kawhi, like he texted Kawhi, asking if he could be the guy on that team. Kawhi never responded to the text. And instead, and then it gave Kawhi the idea like, oh, Actually, I'd kind of like to have Paul George on my team. And that's what started the wheels to getting the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard Clippers together. So Russell's been trying to get himself into LA for a long time to go be with his family, be in the bigger market. I'm sure it's been, you know, it's got to be a little bit tough being in Oklahoma City for as many years as you are. Oklahoma City is a great city, but it is a small town. So it it must be nice for him to like finally be home. Yeah, that and like he's super into fashion and his, and his fashion mm-hmm. and everything like that. And that's, you know, a big thing that can grow his brand being in L.A. So definitely a winner uh, in our eyes, Russell Westbrook being traded to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, let's talk about uh, a Scrooge here. Let's talk about another player who just, you know, is taking pennies on the dollar to what he thought he was going to get this offseason. That's Andre Drummond. Minimum. Oof. Not a mid-level. Not a $25 million contract, which a lot of people thought he would be he worth. He thought he was going to get a max yes. this offseason. He was waiting around expecting to get paid. Yep. And so now, and I I heard a report that he decided to go with the Sixers and he took less money. I think he probably could have gotten a mid-level, maybe even a little bit more, maybe like 15 or 20 from some other seller dweller out there, but decided to go and pretty much do what Dwight Howard did with the Sixers last year. And I mean, Sixers were a damn good basketball team. They were the number one seed. It was a big upset when they lost to the Hawks. They had a really good chance of making to the conference finals or even farther. And I think Drummond probably saw that. And he's like, you know what? I want to go be a part of that. And he took the minimum. The thing that scares me about the guys that do this is that you're following in the footsteps of uh, a DeMarcus Cousins. Now, DeMarcus obviously was hurt a lot, but he was, he's the one that decided to start taking the really low contracts to go play for contenders. And it kind of comes back to bite you eventually. Yeah, because you're one injury away from your career being done. And he, yep. he, he, you know, a lot of players need to cash in when they can, you know. Yeah, you're it, tanking you, your own value. Yeah, you're not only hurting your value, but you're you're waiting, you're waiting to cash in later, but that cash in may never come. And so, you know, it's a huge gamble if you're Andre Drummond, let alone the fact that he's playing with his nemesis. Yeah. And yeah. Joel Embiid and Demarcus Cousins don't even hide the fact that they hate each Andre other. Andre Drummond. Or yeah, Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid. They DeMarcus cousin hates everybody, yeah. <laughs> but Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid don't even hide the fact that they hate each other. They cannot stand each other. It will be interesting if I'm I, what I would give to be a fly on the wall in their training camp. Oh yeah. Dude. I bet that they're going to be going at each other. 
honestly, this could be good for Joel Embiid. He's going to get to practice against Andre Drummond every single day. I bet Andre Drummond's out there trying to prove himself too. Yeah. I could see that being kind of like a fruitful relationship because of how hard they're going to go at each other during practice. Yeah. But the fact that you took the minimum to play with your nemesis, just it's an a lose-lose situation. Man. Yeah. It is a, uh, their, it Twitter, is a tough scene. their Twitter beefs are wild. <laughs> they get way too personal and you're just like, Oh my God, calm down. Yeah. They've, they've definitely gone into it before and, it's just been a just been tough for Andre Drummond the last year or so. Yeah, you go, you go mean, to the Lakers, you're pretty much benched. Then you lose in the first round, and then you get into the offseason. You're like, oh, finally, I'm gonna go get paid, go find somewhere else, and nobody wants you. Then you end up getting a, becoming a minimum guy, going and playing behind the guy that you hate the most in the league. That is a tough pill to swallow yeah, for that. that that's a tough month. That is man. a tough month. That's a tough. That's month. That's brutal. Absolutely brutal. Let's uh, we're going to end positive. Yay. So we, I'm going to talk about our last Scrooge here last before negative. we move on here. And that is my Dallas Mavericks. Oh boy. boy oh, boy. oh boy. Another year, another fucked up off season. Well done Mavericks. We made a bunch of moves in our, in our front office to try to fix this issue of no one wanting to play for the Mavericks and still no one wants to play for the Mavericks. Every player that comes here loves it. <laughs> but it's getting them here, which is the hard part. Um, it all started when Giannis publicly said that the Mavericks were his number two choice. I just kicked us while we're down. I was like, oh, thanks. Consolation prize. Sweet. You didn't come here, Giannis. <laughs> and then Kyle Lowry, you know, taking meetings with us and not really wanting to. DeMar DeRozan taking meetings with us and not really wanting to. Luca, everyone expects him to sign it, but he has not indicated that he's going to sign it yet. He he, he His words were... Can we discuss it after the Olympics? Not that I'll sign it after the Olympics. We will discuss it after the <laughs> Olympics. And I know I'm nitpicky here, but in today's NBA, you can never feel safe with your superstar, especially one that has yet to sign the damn contract. Yeah, it's just like what we were saying with Zion in the Pelican situation. Now I say, now I will say they are in a more dire situation than what you guys are in. But yes, I don't know if I, that's true. I don't. Well, because you you're, look at, you're very close to the situation. Your heart is very close well, to the yes, situation. But, it, but would you rather take the role players that the Pelicans have or the role players that the Mavericks have? Are we good because Luca's amazing, or because like you yeah. give you you give Luke and Valen, Luca Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram? That's a better core than Chris Stapps and yes, Tim Hardaway but, Jr. Yes, but like Luca is a much better player than like Zion is right now. But Luca has not indicated that he wants out right now. Not there yet. has already been rumors that zion is trying to find his way out or that his family has been saying that he wants his way out like one year in like two years in that he's already asking out luca at least has not been doing that at least he's like kept a tough upper chin or kept a tough upper lip and like been like fighting through a lot of stuff and like i think that he also enjoys kind of being able to guy to put up all those mad stats i do think he wants help i do think that he is trying to win a championship at the end of the day because that's what he's used to. He's used to playing for Real Madrid and playing for like the really, really good teams. So I'm with you. Like there is definitely a, a flight scare there, but from what we've read or from what I've read it, all indications is that he'll probably sign the extension once he comes back for the Olympics. Now, if he doesn't, yeah, there might be a little reason to get concerned, but until I, I, then, I would I wouldn't get too freaked out. Mavs fans should be sitting on pins and needles until pen comes to paper, and even after that, we talked about it earlier. Players demand trades all the time. Yeah, so you but got, you don't we, have to trade them. No, no one, everyone forgets this, but it's like when a guy like signs a contract with you, it's like you're not obligated to trade the guy. Now he can sit out and be and do that whole thing if he wants, but that's 
kind of rare. Now, that's only one facet as to why the Mavs are on our Scrooge list. Yes. The whole other facet is the the Goran Dragic situ- situation. Luca has said that we want Goran Dragic. Our assistant coach has said that we want Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic went on Slovenian TV and said, I want to be a Maverick. And he recently got traded from the Heat to the Raptors. So he's on the Raptors. He's there debating cutting him or trading him. And there, there was a, a, a allegedly a deal in place to, where the Mavs would send Dwight Powell, where Mitch has said on this podcast, one of the worst contracts in the NBA, and a second round pick for Gordon Dragic. The Mavs said no. Why, I don't know, but the Mavs said no. The only thing that I can think of is that they've already talked to him and they're like, okay, so he's going to like, he's going to sign with us if he gets cut or if he gets waived. But the question is, will he get waived? Because if you're the Raptors, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have a good veteran international superstar that has been to the championship before as the backups point guard for you. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world. So obviously we're sitting here, we're, you know, backseat coaching or backseat GMing. If we were in that situation or if I'm in that situation, I'm pulling trigger easy. I, Dwight Powell coming off of, I mean, not coming off an injury, injury a couple of years back, but he was fine last year. Nothing special, nothing horrible, but he's a fine big man. And then a future second, which I'm pretty sure Cuban has gone on record saying second round picks are useless. And one time said he might draft Brittany Griner with the second round pick he, before. He not only did that, but we just <laughs> earlier today cut our second round pick from last year, who was our best G League player. And he was a free agent for 35 minutes before another team picked him up and was like, what are you doing? We'll take him. Thank you. Yeah. So you already don't use second round picks. Powell's like, you already have a bunch of centers, so there's no reason to have Powell. There's no reason not to make that trade, but they must feel fairly confident that the Raptors are going to wave them and then they're going to pick them up. If they don't, then yeah, you're kind of, again, similar to last year, fucking sitting there like with your dick in your hand, wondering what happened. Rolling out the same roster that we did three years ago. And I mean, when you have a guy like Luka Doncic, there is nothing less than you should you should be aspiring for than championships. Yes. You need, and you need to be getting progress rookie year. Okay, cool. We realize he's great. First off season. Okay. We're figuring it out still. Like we still want to do some young guys. We're not going to totally invest into a bunch of old dudes just because we have a young star second year or second year. He's borderline MVP. And then you got to start looking. Oh, and that's when the pressure starts building up. And you're like, okay, we got to get someone. We've got to start adding people around him. So then you do something like you think that you do something like, okay, our defense needs to get better. So let's get Josh Richardson. That was a bit of a flop. Now here you are in your next off season and Lucas contract extension is coming up. He's going to be getting paid. Your cap space is starting to go away. You don't have a ton of picks going forward. You need to start making moves. And it seems like you guys are kind of just standing still. Yep. So Unless something changes, it'll be another probably, again, things can change, but it looks like the Mavs are heading for probably another first round exit. Yeah. And if you have Luka Doncic, you need to be, again, competing. And again, I mean, you were good enough to compete against the Clippers all the uh, way to seven games and and were pretty close to beating them and they were pretty close to making the finals themselves. Yes. What happened was Luka ran out of gas. Yeah. And so if you're Luka Doncic, and again, everything the Mavs should be doing right now is trying to get Luka Doncic to stick around. You need to find a way to win, not without him, but with him not having to be everything. Yeah. But we we I will we're we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing that now. We're gonna stop and we're gonna talk about our last positive thing of the day, which in my opinion is the biggest winner of the offseason. 
And who is that? The Chicago Bulls. Chicago. The Chicago the Bulls, Bulls are not the Heat were wheeling and dealing. The, the mm. Chicago Bulls, whatever one step above wheeling and dealing is, that's what they're doing. They are 500 IQing. They have just gone from being a bad team to being a potentially one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I would put them in the top four. Yeah, so, well, here's my question is, would you have them or the Heat in the top four right now? I take the Bulls. See, I take the Heat still. I would take the I think Bulls. The, I think the Bulls have a better long-term future because a lot of the guys they have are still pretty young. Yeah. And, but I would say that the Heat have – I think the Heat will probably be better next year. Anyways, I digress. Let's talk about the Bulls and what the they've Bulls done. Brought in Lonzo Ball for basically pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. in a sign-in trade. You gave him a, a lot of money. But, you know, he's a good young player who's gotten better every year. I really a good like def- Lonzo. A good defensive point guard to put against your your star, Zach Levine, who doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. You have a great second creator in Lonzo. You have another, a great third option in DeMar DeRozan who comes in on a, a, another big deal, but like a, a well-deserved deal. Like yeah. he's been, you know, putting up 20 points per game for over like nine seasons or something crazy like that. Yeah. So he's another solid secondary scorer. Lonzo doesn't really create for himself very well, so he can create for others. But it, if, you know, Zach Levine's out of the game and you need someone else to get a bucket, you have, you have DeMar DeRozan. You found a way to get DeMar DeRozan without giving up uh, Lowry Markkinen. So you have another trade chip there. I don't think they keep Lowry. I think that I, they're going to end up trading But I, you have another trade chip there that another that's a that's a value to bring in yet another asset. But then you still have Vucevic, yeah, who is I, one of the top probably three or four big men in the East. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is like, And after all of this, they still have NBA all-star Nikola Vucevic on their team. Right. It's like after all of these things that they have added and like Levine has become a, has become an all-star borderline superstar the last couple of years. Lonzo comes in as a great pass first defensive oriented um, building on his three point shooting point guard. You then get an aging all-star and DeRozan who can go and get his own bucket. And then we haven't even talked about Nikola Vucevic who they traded for last year, who in his own right is really good. Now, how much defense is on this team, I'm not totally sure, but there is a lot of firepower. That's, that's where Patrick Williams comes in. Yeah, the first-round draft pick from last he year. He's, he's going to be he, – they are betting on him to be like a, you know, all-around great, you know, de- all-defensive team selection guy next year. Yeah. Because that that is what this team is lacking. But everything else they have, this team is so deep and so good. I mean, basically, they brought back most of their starting five except for the fact that now that starting five is just going to be coming off the bench. Yep. You know, your, your Kobe whites are going to be coming off the bench. Your Patrick Williams uh, mate start might come off the bench. My bet is he's the four. Maybe that's my bet. But regardless, they have so many, so much depth, so many pieces. It'll be interesting to see if they can fit together, but man, that, that team has a plethora of talent and has brought it in, in a perfect way. Yeah, no, I, uh, I totally agree. They've built a really good team. It's going to be interesting to see if they become the, uh, the Phoenix Suns next year, not necessarily making it to the finals, but maybe a team that just all of a sudden goes and makes a run. Yeah. yeah. Go and go and make a run. Like you got some like solid veteran all-stars. You've got young and up and coming all-stars. You've got a lot of really good pieces and it's all about how is Billy Donovan going to put this team together. And he's a pretty solid coach too. I could see them totally making a run this year, especially with the type of firepower that they have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's our biggest winner of the off season so far, definitely a long way to go. We'll be back next week with another episode coming up with uh, some fun content coming up. We're going to be doing some trivia coming up here. Uh, we're coming, we're getting close to our 50th episode, the 50th anniversary. This is, this is episode 48. So we wow. are, you know, what 
4950. So, you know, two episodes after this one will be our 50th episode. So our 50th episode bash will be coming up. We'll come up with something fun for that. We'll have the whole team morale around and we'll do something fun, but trivia coming up, you know, we're continuing our lists. Ethan's number list will be coming back. Um, Our, you know, top five at each position is still, still a thing that we'll keep going. Um, And then we'll be back here with more, you know, winners and losers, fun stuff like that. Um, if you want to see a podcast idea, or if you have any ideas, please send them to us. We are open and willing to take any suggestions, whatever you guys want to listen to. We're happy to do it as long as it's, I want to talk about what you want to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it has to do with booze, beers, and basketball, we are all sorts of in. Thank you for joining me yet again, Mitch, another one down still Austin. Give it a try. Very good whiskey. Very solid. Um, definitely going to be finishing the bottle later today. And uh, have a good one, everybody. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Cheers.